This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Okay, it's uh, it's that week, folks. Uh, it's the week where we celebrate the greatness of the game and the All-Stars and the elite players. And we have a pretty cool skills competition format this season. But as far as the NHL goes, you have 23 teams <laughs> who are on their bye week. Uh, right now. That's right, 23 teams inactive right now as they get their paws. I'm pretty sure the Edmonton Oilers, uh, if you ask them, would you like a break right now, gentlemen, after winning their 16th game in a row? I'm pretty sure that to a person they'd say, nah, let's uh, let's get into the Vegas Golden Knights game so we can perhaps tie this record uh, that the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins have held for quite some time. Nonetheless, speaking of, by the way, speaking of the Edmonton Oilers, let me share something here with you. So I get an email from Mark Spector this morning from Sportsnet.ca, covers the Edmonton Oilers, you know Spec. So he's got a piece coming out later on this week and uh, some really cool stuff, uh, some exclusive stuff coming in there he mentions as well. So we'll look forward to that coming up a little bit later on. But he, uh, he also asks Connor McDavid about the Jersey Tuck conspiracy theory. Now, if you listen to this program or watch this program on a consistent basis, you know what I'm talking about. Or if you listen to the podcast, 32 Thoughts with me and Elliot, you know what I'm talking about here. And you know what we've been talking about or wondering about or speculating about or just in this soap opera filled NHL season, adding another chapter to. So he asked McDavid about the Jersey Tuck theory. So here's how the exchange went. Sue Specter asks... Uh, me asks about the Jersey Tuck theory. Connor McDavid responds, is that, is that actually a thing? That's actually a thing. I have not heard that. Spectre, is it true? Now, let me pause here. The Jersey Tuck theory went like this. We all know that Connor McDavid came back too early from his injury. We could see that. We could watch how he was playing, and we could see the results or lack thereof. So we all wondered, is he playing injured? And the one thing that we noticed about McDavid during that period after the Heritage Classic, where he came back too early, we saw that Connor McDavid all of a sudden didn't have his jersey tucked in. And we wondered if that was because he was using the jersey to perhaps hide an extra piece of equipment that perhaps was protecting said injured area. Don't know. But that was the theory. Back to the Spectre piece. Um, Spectre, is it true? 97? No, it's not. And I don't purposely tuck it in. It's like it just ends up there. I have the high back on his jersey, and it just kind of rides up. So you can tell Merrick that it's not true. It's kind of funny, though. That from Connor McDavid. Trying desperately to shoot down the jersey tuck conspiracy theory. But I know my good friend on the grassy knoll, Elliot Friedman from 32 Thoughts and Hockey Night in Canada, is not picking up what Connor McDavid is putting down. Are you, Elliot? No. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I couldn't hear it. 
Okay, so I got a note from Spec this morning, and he's got a piece coming up later on in the week at sportsnet.ca, uh, an exclusive interview with Connor McDavid. And part of it, he asks McDavid oh, okay. about the Jersey Tuck conspiracy. So he asked about the new, uh, the Jersey Tuck conspiracy, and McDavid says, is that actually a thing? I have not heard that. And Spec says, well, is it true? And he says, it's not true. I don't purposely tuck it in. It's like it just uh, ends up there. I have the high back, and it just kind of rides up so you can tell Merrick it's not true. It is kind of funny, though. To which I respond, Elliot, did Mark Felt admit that he was Carl Bernstein's deep throat in Watergate? Not until he had dementia on his deathbed, Elliot. Uh, But nonetheless, Connor McDavid shooting down the idea that there is a Jersey Tuck conspiracy, and the reason it was untucked for all those games was because he was maybe using another piece of equipment to hide an injury. That's where I'd like to begin today. How are you? You know what? Well, first of all, I would just like to say that you do realize that Spectre asking McDavid this idiotic question on your behalf probably <laughs> means that Spectre <laughs> never gets another exclusive with him. Sorry, Spec. I may have just ruined that all for you. There it goes. You Actually, may no, want to I... cover the Flames now or the Vancouver Canucks. I would say that I would bet that McDavid would actually kind of enjoy that question because my experience with yep. him is that if you can come up with something that's a little different from the stuff he gets all the time, he doesn't mind it. So yeah. I bet you he would kind of laugh at that. Yeah. Well, he did say it's kind of funny, though. So he added that at the end. But he also said, yeah, you know, essentially, you know, go go tell Merrick to keep walking until his hat floats. Um, so we'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see at the end of the season, Connor, when we all come clean. Uh, but I just thought that would be a, a, a funny open here. Now, his Edmonton Oilers, Elliot are one of 23 teams who are dark right now, who aren't playing. Tonight, there's only one game uh, on the board. It is Nashville. It is Ottawa. It is Rogers Monday Night Hockey. You can enjoy that one. Uh, Tomorrow, there will be two games and then three games on Wednesday, and then we get full right into All-Star. But before we get there... Um, yep. A couple of things. I just wanted, like, this This is a really good time of the year right now as teams are on their pause to sort of, you know, have a have a little break and have an internal audit and have a sort of speculation or a chin wag about what these teams are talking about, what these teams are thinking about, what these teams might end up doing. And, you know, let's begin with, you know, we've just been talking about Connor McDavid and the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, they're on a 16-game winning streak. Things are looking great. Eyes on the Penguins' record. They have uh, upcoming games after the break against Vegas and then the Anaheim Ducks. You know that Vegas game is going to be good. What's going through Edmonton's mind right now on this pause? First of all, knowing full well, they don't want a break. Like, they're playing yes. great. They want to keep it rolling. The last thing you want is to take a pause. But what's Ken Holland thinking right now? Um, I'm sure one thing I think he's thinking is let's just not tamper with anything. Let's just let things play out. Like, you know, there've been a lot of rumors about defensemen they've been looking at, uh, you know, who, yeah. who could they be looking at Sean Walker? Could they be looking at Alexander Carrier? Like, I think their feeling is why would I be looking at anything or why would we be looking at anything? Uh, for right now and we've won 16 games in a row like one of the other things that's kind of been whispered about here and there is um campbell i think his save percentage the last few games is like up around 920 in bakersfield so does he come back up yeah why would you do that like pickard's been good for you why why would you tamper with anything why would you risk losing pickard on waivers like all of this stuff now uh, you know, I can't wait for a week tonight. I think that, uh, or I guess it could be tomorrow. 
um, that game in Vegas where they go for 17. Uh, you know Vegas is going to be just as wired for that game as the Oilers will be. Um, it's too bad we have to wait a week for it. But, you know, and, and, but if you look at their schedule after that, their schedule gets tougher. They've got a lot of really good teams coming up or playoff teams coming up. So uh, I think what they're thinking is, why rock the boat? Let's see how it plays out. Let's see if, how the next month goes. But I, I really believe that Holloway is a guy that um, how good yeah. he can be in getting him back, I think that could determine a lot of Edmonton's decisions, how well he looks over the next month. You know, we mentioned this on the podcast in between screaming at each other about John Tavares and a slash, um, how, you know, this play by the Edmonton Oilers has really bought Ken Holland a lot of time, has really bought him a lot of time that he doesn't get, get, get forced into a decision. There's no back in the corner right now for the Edmonton Oilers. What about the Maple Leafs? They're on a pause as well. Um, taking two games from the uh, the Winnipeg Jets. I know Jets fans may be miffed about a couple of things, but then again, I think Maple Leafs fans would, must be miffed uh, about the uh, the Tyler Bertuzzi non-goal with goalie interference of William Melander. But you're Brad Treliving. What are you thinking now at the Maple Leafs break? Well, I still like the, the one thing I think they feel is that uh, they feel that their team showed a lot of guts like this this past week or so. They got back-to-back wins mm-hmm. over Winnipeg. Um, you know, the Wednesday game was was kind of a boring game, and not just because I was on television as part of the coverage of it. It was it was <laughs> it was it was just not a really eventful game, and there was a lot of eventful stuff that happened on Saturday, and they won. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll say this: um, you know, if if this continues with Samsonov, it's a big victory for the organization, and it's a big victory for oh, yeah. Curtis. San- for Curtis Sanford and Hannu Tolvanen. Yep. Like, like that is, like those two guys, if this, if this continues with him, those two guys might have saved their se- the season. So, um, mm-hmm. uh, so I think right now they're feeling a little better about things. I still think, as you know, I said on the pod today, they are trying to figure out um, what defensemen they can add. I think they're still thinking. But the other thing I would be doing if I was Toronto is I'd be trying to say, like, what's it going to what's it going to take to re-sign Simon Benoit? Um, Like, that's a guy. His fit has been really good on and off the ice. Like, you know, he scored the he scored the empty netter that he saw the reaction when he scored and he's played really well in his role. And it's very clear, like, the, the videos sometimes, like the, the one now that all the Leafs fans know where, um, you know, like, he, yeah, I don't score a lot of goals, but I'm happy to, to, to go after guys for you. Like, he's been, a, he's been a great cultural fit for them, too. And uh, that's one thing I'd be looking at if I was Toronto. Like, what's it going to cost to lock this guy up for a few years? And just as you predicted in that game on Saturday, both Benoit and Ryan Reeves were going to score. So congratulations! Uh, I know you could you imagine uh, the pick that one. I, I, I know we're big in we're, we're big in beds, big in bed with the gambling companies now. Uh, what's that? Yeah. What's that? What's that? Beaverton joke? Sports night interrupts uh, gambling for a hockey game. Uh, but, for a hockey game, yeah. But um, you know, like like. What would have been the parlay on that one? Reeves and Benoit to score. <laughs> Bet a dollar. Uh, absolutely. 
<laughs> Bet a dollar, put your feet up, and you, all of a sudden you have uh, Burt Reynolds FU money for the rest of your life. Congratulations. Um, Vancouver Canucks, another team that is dark right now. And listen, you talk about things going well. Like We know where the holes are with the Vancouver Canucks, and we'll see you know, what, what happens with various players there. And there's still that contract question with Elias Pettersson, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah. but we've gone through the Oilers, we've gone through the Leafs. What about the Vancouver Canucks at their pause, Elliot? Well, I mean, there's a lot to like there, right? And, um, uh, you know, I, I think that, uh, like, again, that, that game the other night, um, you know, Columbus is a team that has lost a bunch of third-period leads. You could tell Vancouver was confident um, that they could come back, and, and they did. And, you know, again, they uh, I like their goaltending. Their best players are playing great. Um, their death players are empowered. Um, and I think they're going for it. You know, I, I do. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of wonder about a couple of guys, like in terms of, you know, Kuzmenko, we know they're looking around. I've wondered about Chicago yeah. in the last couple of days. Like, you know, if you look at what Chicago's doing, they're looking for guys who aren't signed beyond two years, right? Look, like Felino, two years, yep. Dickinson, two years, Mrazek, two years. You know, Kuzmenko's uh, one more year, and they need they need scoring. So I, I kind of wonder about that. You know, I, I wonder a bit about Zadorov too. Like, I think they're going to clear some room to open up. Um, I think they're going to clear some room to open up the ability for them to do something, whether it's Lindholm or it's Henrique or it's Gensel or someone who I haven't thought of yet. Uh, I, I Like, look, to me, the Canucks are looking at it and saying we're going for it. You know, it's interesting too. Um, there's a couple of fascinations here because I'm with you. I think this is this, this this season has shown that they have to go for it, and they are going to go for yeah. it. I'm as much curious about who they bring in, or sorry, I'm as much curious as to what they give up as I am to who they bring in. Like, you know, one of the things that was talked about when Rutherford first took over was we need to restock. We need to restock and we can't let go of first round picks. And we have, you know, Jonathan Lekaramaki and you know he had looked really good at the World Juniors after a soft season last year overseas. He's looking like he could be the real deal for the Vancouver Canucks. Like, are we at a place now, remarkably, where Vancouver legitimately could let go of first round draft picks, prospects like Lekaramaki in order to go for it this year? I wouldn't do that. I, I like, like if you're asking me, I mean, look, I mean, it, it, ultimately, it, with a lot of these situations, it all depends on how much interest there is in the player. And people play poker; they try to leverage the other people. Um, and and but like, I have to say, like, unless it's a really high first round pick, I would rather trade the yeah. pick than a than a prospect that looked good. Um, that's, that's generally my feeling. Like, like, you know, like with a prospect who's a little bit older, I think you generally have an idea of, of where this player is going, what their path is. You have, you have a bit more of a resume, you have a bit more evidence. So like, from what I understand about these guys, and I don't watch them as much as some of the real prospect watchers do, but from what I understand about Mm -hmm. these guys is they both look like they could be players. So if my choice is a pick in the 28 range or these kids, I'm trying to trade the pick. Yeah. Uh, okay. 
Calgary Flames. Now, I had Kevin Woodley on the show on Friday. Uh, as you call mm-hmm. him, the goalie whisperer, trademark Elliot Friedman. Get it. So one, mm-hmm. of the, one of the goalies we ended up talking about was Jacob Markstrom. And Woodley brought up the point, and a lot of what Woodley does and how he evaluates and measures goaltending uh, is done with the use of Steve Valiquette's clear sight analytics. Like, yeah, which are very all good. past goals against average, which are excellent. I mean, it's industry standard. I mean, teams use this stuff. Um, we're all past goals against average. You know, somewhere along the way, we realized that GAA is actually a team stat and not an individual goalie stat. Got it. Now we're getting to the point where, you know, not just are we past goals against average, but also, and a lot of teams are obviously there too, past save percentage. Right now we're now we're into you know other ways uh, to evaluate goaltenders and he 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 brought up the point we were talking about Markstrom and he said right now Jacob Markstrom is having a Vesna type season let go of him at your own peril um, yeah. but if you do it better be a hefty hefty price coming back the other way. And when someone like Wood, Woodley, and by extension, since he's using Valakat's information, Steve Valakat starts saying, this guy's having a Vesna season, I think we should all pay attention. And you don't need numbers to see what he did on Saturday. Like, that was a snoozy Calgary-Chicago uh, game, but the whole thing to me was all about Jacob Markstrom. Calgary's at the pause. We've talked a lot about Calgary. Where's Conroy at? Well, first of all... Uh- how many breakaways did he stop in that game? Oh, I ran out of fingers. Yeah, like it just like I, I got to tell you, he was phenomenal. They could they could they could have had twenty breakaways. They weren't going to score on him. Um, yeah. Look, if I was a team that needed a goalie, I'd be asking what 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 do I want here? Uh, like you know what's it, what's this going to take me and. You know, mm-hmm. I, I've talked about Markstrom a little bit in the last couple of weeks, and one thing the one thing that's very clear to me is that the Flames recognize that Markstrom does not like this. I don't think he likes his name being out there. Uh, I don't think he enjoys the speculation. Like, some guys don't care about the speculation, Jeff. They're like, you know, whatever. That's life. I don't think Markstrom yeah. is one of those people. I, I don't think he likes it at all. And I think the Flames are very cognizant of it and very aware of it. And from what I understand, there's a recognition here that they are not going to feed it and they won't even go to him unless it's, uh, unless it's an offer that's so good that... Yeah, they can't say no to it, and they have to ask him. Or he specifically says, "Send me to this place," which I don't believe has happened. I think he's perfectly content to play and compete for Calgary. You know, like, like I'll say this: like, I always remember son, Matt Sundin in Toronto, and I remember having a conversation with him about it. Um, and you know, some people are like, "Okay, well, why wouldn't you want to go to a situation that's better?" and and what Sundin explained to me was, and, and he had a chance to go to San Jose in his last year before he left, in his last year, and he turned down the trade. His agent, J.P. Barry, met him in Ottawa and had a conversation. He said no. And, you know, what he said was, he said, look, like, I've invested all this time in Toronto. I'm the captain of the team. I bleed blue and white. 
Um, like I, I signed with them for a reason because I liked it here. I want to win here. And I think sometimes from outside, we don't understand that attachment and those ties. And so Jacob Marstrom is a guy, he's signed with the Flames, he likes Calgary, his, his, his now wife and his, they have a newborn, they really like it there. Um, but also, like, he signed there for a reason, because he wanted to be there and he wanted to compete for them. And I just think mm. that that's the way some of these guys are wired. And, you know, right now, Jeff, I just don't think there's been, like, I do think teams have made offers. Um, I, I do think that there's been some interest. They're just, I just, like, I don't think that there's been anything that's gotten either the Flames to say yes or Markstrom to even consider it. And he, he's got that right. And I, I hate it when people say, well, there shouldn't be no move clauses or someone should be willing to go. No, it's allowed. You made a deal. It's in the contract. You live up to the terms of the contract. Mm-hmm. So if a player gets a no-move clause, it's their right to act as they see fit. As long as right. they are living up to their bargain on the ice, and no one's going to argue that Markstrom isn't living up to his part of the bargain on the ice. Yeah, he's having the, uh, as Woodley mentions, the uh, the Vesna Trophy-type season. Um, okay, a, a couple of other quick ones. Then I want to kind of add with a, end with a, a funny story that we saw on the weekend with the Grand Rapids Griffins of the American Hockey League. Um, yeah. And the more that I think about it and the more that I watch the visuals, they are absolutely hilarious. And I wish every single hockey team did this. Uh, that story coming up. So in what a you're telling a me is this more, is going to uh, be something terrible that... Uh, we no, can it's not. understand. It's so good. Yeah. I what what I want. do I want you to do? Because I, I I know that when I'm talking, you tend to tune out. Um, while I'm you know doing my sort of somnambulance waltz here, um, just have a quick Google search of what the Grand Rapids Griffins did on Saturday night. Okay. Uh, with their game against the Belleville Senators. Just have a quick peek as I sort of drone on in your ears, Peppermint Patty style. So uh, we've gone through the Maple Leafs, uh, we've gone through the Oilers, we've gone through the Calgary Flames and the Vancouver Canucks outside of Canada. Uh, a couple of teams that are really intriguing here. Uh, I think we wonder about both squads in Pennsylvania, both the Pittsburgh Penguins and the plan from day one has been playoffs for this team and also the Philadelphia Flyers where surprisingly despite this recent speed wall we're heading into their break this has been a really yeah. good team how do you see Pennsylvania how do you see how do you see NHL Pennsylvania Elliot well you know I, I think that the um, like like obviously the the Penguins has some big decisions to make here and uh, you know like I'll, I'll tell you what's interesting Kyle Dubas of course, who's the VP and GM of the Penguins. Who's his favorite football Uh team? Do you know this? I I know you're not a a big NFL guy. I'm not a big football guy. Yeah. So, oh, 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 I do. No, hang on. I, I, hang, on hang on. I do know this. It's the Detroit Lions. Because I remember yeah. when he was GM of the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds, there was some picture of me on the internet drinking a coffee out of a Detroit Lions mug and I got a text from him about it saying that I had good taste and I said look this cup has been in the family I don't even know where I got it but I'll take the I'll take the, the credit so yes Detroit Lions is his favorite NFL team uh yes so it is the Lions and uh you probably weren't watching yesterday but the Lions there was a big controversial decision at the end of 
at okay the end of right at the end of the fourth quarter yeah. do you go for a field goal or do you go for the first down and you know he, they chose to go for the first down and some people really read Dan Campbell for it but the way I looked at it there was Dan Campbell is coached like that all year I think the worst thing you can yeah. do is as a coach is change the way you are and the way you wi- are wired when the temperature gets hot. Like I think your play because then your Snell. players start to yeah like 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 I think your players start to see uh oh our coach is losing it he's not himself. So yep. like I, yep. I I agree I agreed with the call Dan Campbell made because it fits who he is and how the and one of the reasons the Detroit Lions got there. So like I look at um, Dubis in the same way. I think he I think he tries to think like that. I think he wants to think like that. I believe he says and and plus also he GM'd in the hottest of hot spots in the NHL, so he knows what it's like. Look, yeah. Pittsburgh's what six points out of the playoffs right now. We know where this is going. Uh-huh. Unless it really changes over the next month, we know where this is going, and he's going to begin the rebuild. You know, Philly. They've hit a wall, too. Um, uh, you know, they, they've had a lot going on. Um, I, like, th- these, my, these are my personal predictions with Philly, okay? I think Sealer gets signed. Okay. I think Sealer gets signed. I think they take a run at a Konechny extension. Um, I think more likely than not, you know, Walker gets moved, whether it's Edmonton or I saw some Tampa conversation yesterday, but... I think it's possible he gets moved. Um, uh, and then, you know, we kind of see where it goes, you know, from here. But, um, look, I, I think in a lot of ways, Philly's season, even though they're struggling right now, has been a big success. I think they've shown that mm-hmm. they've responded to the coach. I think those players play, play with a lot of juice and a lot of heart. And, um, you know, I, I just think that now they've got to kind of sort out as they go for the long haul, who's going to be there? And I think they will. I think they will get Sealer done, and I think they will take a run at getting Konechny done. Okay, here's how I want to end. I don't know if you had a chance to have a peek at the you Grand Rapids I, I Griffins couldn't find it. on All Saturday. All I can see is that okay. Logan Rafferty has been sent down a lot and called up a lot. I, that's what I just saw. Okay, so here here's what they did. So they went throwback. The Grand Rapids Griffins. So for the longest time, like Elliot and I growing up when we were kids in the American Hockey League, the AHL affiliate for the Detroit Red Wings was always Adirondack. Yes. And there was a great Adirondack, St. John's, Maple Leafs, uh, Calder Cup final. It was seven games, and the home team won exactly zero of those games. It was a fantastic Calder Cup final. You can, I'm pretty sure you remember that one. Anyhow, 1995, Grand Rapids... Um, comes into the American Hockey League, and they're doing their name search. Now, I like Griffins, not just because it's, you know, it happens to also be the University of Guelph, Elliot. I just think Griffins is a cool name. But one okay. of the names that was brought up when obviously rejected was the Flying Toasters. So what Grand Rapids did on Saturday for their throwback night, they had designed full animation, everything, social media on point, all of it. 
They played a game as the Flying Toasters. The jerseys were beautiful. No they ended kidding. up beating Belleville. There was a big fight at the... It was fantastic. It, Elliot, the jerseys looked great. The social media was awesome. Fans absolutely adored it. Like, I can tell, like, the play... Like, Simon Edvinson's fighting at the end. I can tell, like, he's loving being in this jersey, and he's riling up the crowd, and it's so cool. So, for one day, in one game, they were the Flying Toasters. It was awesome. And so, naturally, you start to think about NHL teams and some of the rejected team names. Like for Minnesota, Blue Ox uh, was one. That would have been, you know, really cool. Freeze was another name that was rejected. I'll I'll just go through a couple of them here. Um, The Avalanche, some of the names that were considered the Storm was considered. uh, Black Bears would have been cool. Cougars uh, for Colorado. Um, Nashville, I believe Ice Tigers was one of the names uh, that was rejected as well. Um, the New York Islanders considered, you know, the long time, you know, Long Island minor league hockey operation, the Long Island Ducks where John Brophy played, implied his trade, Muckler. John Muckler would have been a coach there, I believe. They considered using the Long Island Ducks, so the Anaheim Ducks wouldn't have been the, the first team in the NHL with that, with that moniker. But the one that I want to come back to, first of all, Phoenix Coyotes almost used Scorpions when they uh, came into the NHL from Winnipeg. But how would you like this one? Because right now, the San Jose Sharks need to dress things up to excite this crowd. How would you like it, Elliot, if the San Jose Sharks played a game as the, wait for it, in the spirit of the Flying Toasters, this was a rejected name, Rubber Puckies. (laughs) You know, I, I have to say, um, I really like the I really like the idea. Like the fact that they played a game like that, I think that's a great idea. You know, the sport's supposed to be yep. fun. Uh, I like that's a great sense of humor. I, I really credit that. I think that's that's great stuff. I love it. And you know what? Every team, if you wanted to do this, I have no problem with that. Yeah. I think it's great. I, it, it's a great laugh. It's fun. I think it's fantastic. I, um, I'm, I'm putting out, I'm putting out the request to the NHL universe and the rest of the American Hockey League after seeing Grand Rapids do this, uh, or junior hockey teams for that matter, or USA, USHL teams if there are rejected names for your team. It is a wonderful thing that Grand Rapids did on Saturday, and I encourage yeah, I agree. the rest of the hockey world to follow suit. From my tiny little corner here, I've already been shot down by Connor McDavid today, but I'm coming back with this other idea inspired by the Grand Rapids Griffins, or as we call them, Elliot, the Flying Toasters. Forever, they will be called the Grand Rapids Flying Toasters to me. Uh, you be well. Uh, it was great to see Bobby Lalonde's kid um, tweet at you today. Did you enjoy that? Oh, yeah. You know what? That was good. You know, uh, uh, And I do think he could still break me in half. <laughs> I, I actually didn't realize like when he said he's five foot four. I thought he was five foot six, but it makes it more incredible that that guy wow. played in the NHL survived in the uh, and that's when you know it was the the land of the redwoods as well um and there were plenty listen there were plenty i think larry robinson caught him once too like there were plenty of instances where you know he probably wished that he had those a couple of inches that you gave him on the podcast last <laughs> night but uh nonetheless we soldier on uh okay thanks as always Feed. we'll talk to you tomorrow all right buddy take care